0: Christmas came in with its usual rush for us, but never with such a frightening hurrying on of time as for the workers in Telefish Aaron. When those bells ring out again tonight, Telefish Aaron will be in being.
1: The date, New Year's Eve, 1961, the opening of Telefish Aaron, Bala As Kathleen Watkins became Ireland's first television girl announcer, the director-general, Ed Roth, Jr., American import, outlined his plans to an eager nation.
2: Here's Mila Foyter, a special
3: programme for opening night, which I'm sure you're going to enjoy.
4: I have been living and working here in Ireland for hardly more than a year, and what the men and women in Tel Aviv have accomplished during this past year has been remarkable. Their energy and their dedication are a guarantee that this New Year's Eve there's not only a festive end to a prolonged effort, but also a happy beginning. Every one of us at Telefiche Aaron is conscious of what this beginning signifies in the long history of this nation. We have worked together so that through television we may do for you, the Irish people, what television is specially equipped to do. That is to give this historic nation a deeper and sharper awareness of itself and of the world in which it exists and to bring into your own homes the fabulous wealth of entertainment and fun, the news and commentaries, and the information and culture that can enrich your lives.
3: A hundred thousand welcomes to a hundred thousand Irish television homes yak oh, yakety
1: yak the streak And waste your time a day But Mr. Ed will never
4: speak Unless he has something to say A horse is a horse, of course, of course And this one will talk to his voice, his horse You never heard of a talking horse?
1: Well, listen to this
5: I am Mr. Ed
2: I am privileged in being the first to address you on our new service, television, Air. I hope the service will provide for you all sources of recreation and pleasure, but also information, instruction, and knowledge. I must admit that sometimes when I think of television and radio and their immense power, I feel somewhat afraid. Like atomic energy, it can be used for incalculable good, but it can also do irreparable harm.
1: Well, if the nation was agog at Mr. Ed Roth's tantalising blend of art, culture and entertainment, President Eamon de Valera, in his opening speech, was laying down a few ground rules. Nothing official, mind you, just uh, a few suggestions.
2: I feel sure that full use will be made of the immense repertory which is now at our disposal. The part altogether from the wonders of nature... We have the great achievements of man himself. The masterpieces of architecture, engineering, sculpture, painting. And who, in looking at these, are hearing the great uh, musical compositions of the great uh, composers will want to descend to anything lower.
1: the birth of the station. How did the whole thing start? Well, Ireland's first brush with television occurred in January 1927, exactly one year after 2RN, the radio service, opened, in that year, a certain Scottish inventor was in Dublin's Theatre Royal lecturing on his new gadget. He approached 2 and offered to give a free talk on his uh, pride and joy. The radio controller of the time, Seamus Clandillon, could see no future for this Scottish man's invention but did offer him a short time but only after the regular closing time for his talk. Well, the inventor promptly told Clandillon to get knotted there and then and took his invention to London. The inventor's name was John Logie Baird, and he called his idea television. What exactly was it? Well, nine years later, the British Postmaster General explained.
6: What will be the nature of television programmes? It is difficult to say. Broadcast television, as it is likely to emerge at first, can perhaps best be described if I ask you to imagine that in the center of your present wireless set there was a little square of glass on which you could now see me as I sit here in the studio at Broadcasting House.
1: This is the BBC television station at Alexandra Palace. At 3 o'clock this afternoon, the television service was opened by the Postmaster General using the Baird system. The opening program will now be repeated on the Marconi EMI system. The speeches are followed by the latest
2: edition of the British Movie Tone News, then Adele Dixon and Buck and Bubbles, both accompanied by the television orchestra.
1: The world's first TV broadcast in 1936, and it was a repeat. John Logie Baird's fellow Scotsman, John Reith, the austere director general of the BBC, being a radio man at heart, perhaps, was, well, less than enthusiastic about television.
2: As to programmes, don't expect too much the programs will neither be very interesting nor very good.
1: Television went off the air until after the war, but returned in the late 1940s. Meanwhile in Ireland, interest in television was mainly propagated by the companies who manufactured TV sets and broadcasting equipment, and in 1953, they ran a television exhibition in Dublin. Ronnie Walsh was there.
7: <laughs> I'd leave it alone for a while. Uh, anything you'd like to ask him?
0: Well, there is one question. I, I don't think it's really technical to this. Um, how is there technique of acting on television very different from the stage?
7: That's what we're aiming to find out, and that's why we hope to establish a school in television to learn all these things. I, being an engineer, of course, know very little about the acting, but I do know that it's very necessary to learn all about it, and we intend to get experts into the school to train other uh, instructors to pass the word on and the instruction. Yes, thank
8: you.
3: Well, if I might just ask one question of Mr Short, who is uh, the other technician, the camera technician, Mr. Short, uh, have you found here today that you're very restricted for any particular reasons? Do you think there any reason why, from a technical point of view, television shouldn't be possible in Ireland?
8: There's no reason at all, not technically. Not technically? The only trouble I'm uh, suffering is at the moment is low main supply, which is affecting my equipment very badly. You mean that the supply of electricity is not uh, Not, not constant, you see. It's, it's not very constant. low at the moment, due to peak peak loading the time.
3: Well, supposing there were <laughs> television in operation here, how could that be
8: overcome? Uh, well, we suffered j- just the same in Britain by this. In afternoon, uh, very few sets will give the performance of what they sh- the cable are doing, you see. It's, uh, it's a thing you can't get around. It's, we, your, your consumption is greater than your generating capacity and of course you, it's a thing you've got to tolerate.
1: That recording made at the TV exhibition in the Mansion House in 1953. The Department of Posts and Telegraphs, having responsibility for broadcasting in Ireland, moved with all haste and appointed a committee. In the fullness of time, it identified a site for the transmitter on Kipur, and by 1959, the small committee had blossomed into a full-blown 20-member commission.
3: The Minister for Posts and Telegraphs, Mr Hilliard, who has been having many discussions lately on the subject of TV, himself appeared on the television screen this afternoon when he opened the Radio, Television and Electronic exhibition at the Mansion House. In the course of his speech, the Minister said that he hoped soon to introduce the necessary legislation for setting up the Irish television service, which would not be long in coming.
9: The advisory committee has had a number of meetings already, And I would like to assure the radio manufacturers, as well as the public, that the plans for beginning the television service are proceeding with all possible expedition. That is not to say, of course, that the service can be established overnight. The manufacture of one transmitter after another has been placed is a job that will take quite a long time, indeed. Until quite recently, the uh, delivery terms were much less favourable than they are at present. A building has to be provided at the top of Kippur to house the transmitter and probably a more complex task of providing for temporary studios in Dublin will have to be undertaken. Apart from erecting the buildings and installing the equipment, the Television Authority has still to face the task of getting and training technical and artistic staff to maintain and operate the equipment and provide the programme. Arrangements will also have to be made to obtain films and tele recordings to supplement the productions of Irish origin. Negotiations and consultations will have to be held with advertising interests. The starting of a television service is, in fact, a complex and costly job in all its aspects. As I said, however, the matter has been pushed forward with all possible speed, and the fact that the service will be a semi-state one does not mean that its establishment should be delayed any longer than if it was a privately controlled and operated service. There has been correspondence in the past and a good deal of discussion about the line standard to be used by Irish television. No formal decision has been taken on that matter and I should say on this occasion to the radio industry and the public. But certainly any decision to adopt a standard other than the one in use on sets already in the hands of the public would involve serious technical and other practical difficulties. In any event, no matter what decision may be taken, owners of television sets of the existing type need have no fear of these being unsuitable to receive Irish programmes.
1: The Minister for Posts and Telegraphs, Michael Hilliard. The Broadcasting Act of 1960 loosened the control of the Minister for Posts and Telegraphs on Broadcasting and set up the Broadcasting Authority to oversee the development of Irish television. As its first chairman, the Minister appointed Ireland's best-known television personality, Eamon Andrews.
2: I
9: was at uh, the interview at which uh, Mr Lamas had with Eamon Andrews and it was obvious to me that... uh, uh, Mr Amash thought very highly of uh, Eamon Andrews. He regarded him as a person of excellent character and uh, a person with uh, wide experience in the matter of broadcasting and uh, in, in uh, entertainment on radio and television. And uh, he uh, felt that he, he was appointing a man who was a real good Irishman.
4: I was very surprised. Um, I mean, I had, for some years before, I tried to lobby... Uh, the government, or Posts and Telegraphs, which I think is an unlobbyable uh, <laughs> body, or was in those days anyway, uh, to start television. And I, I, nobody, I don't know, that just, we never really got any serious answers back. So I suppose that maybe to that extent when they were going through the files of the cranks who were talking about television, I was one of them. And uh, Michael Hilliard uh, sent for me, and I was surprised. Oh, he asked me to, to, to come and see him, and said, uh, would I consider this... Uh, chairmanship, and uh, I was flattered and interested, but I wondered was it possible, and I said I would think about it. uh, um, I'm sure this is not relevant, but I I did say to him, you know, as long as you're not asking me what my politics are, I will take it as a broadcasting job. He said, I don't want to know what your politics are, which was refreshing to me with all the talk that goes on in our town about uh, this kind of thing. Then I went to see uh, the Taoiseach who was Sean Lamass, and uh, he was, as we all know, a very impressive character. And uh, I said, yes, I would do it. And he said, right, well, uh, we'll pay you, I think it was 500 a year or a 1,000, I don't know which. And I said, no, I'm just doing it for for Ireland sort of thing. I don't want any money. He said, no, no, I want to pay, he said, because I want to be able to fire you. <laughs> <laughs> um, some of the pressures were unexpected. Uh, they came from most extraordinary sources, and I wasn't uh, I wasn't a committee man, I wasn't used to understanding where people came from, and indeed, eventually, political pressures, not necessarily coming from the top or the bottom or in between, but they were there. And, you know, language pressures and religious pressures, all boiled up at this uh, table, and we had a very excellent authority. But, like at that stage, I was the only one who knew anything about broadcasting, and my main concern was to try and get a service on that would be looked at, first of all, before we decided what else it wanted to do. Uh, I had many a, a battle with uh, Sean Lamass over this. He believed it should be an extension of government, an arm of government. I believed very passionately the, the opposite, that a broadcasting authority should be removed as far as possible from government. Obviously, you have to have some qualifications in a single uh, channel country of our size where you couldn't go berserk and so there'd have to be some ultimate uh, deterrent but I always thought that A the government, B politicians were far too sensitive, paid far too much attention to television, A it got them a lot of publicity anyway and tended to interfere too much if they could. Um, I don't know where the division should be but it should be much further away than it was then. I think it has moved further away which is all to the good.
1: Under Eamon Andrews' chairmanship, the authority moved quickly. It set up temporary offices in Clarendon Street, Dublin, and work commenced at the studio site of Montrose House. Radio people felt very much at home there. It was the home of the Jemison distilling family, and for a while, of Marconi himself. But in the meantime, temporary studios were needed to start the service, so Telefish Aaron leased the Marion Hall in Ballsbridge, Dublin. Norris Davidson covered the early days for radio, as in July 1961, the first intake of recruits was being trained in the mysteries of
0: television. Here, the people who have been selected for training have gathered. Most of them are raw, and they're unclassified. They're gathered in groups for lectures in very general introductory terms. This one is being given by Pat Carney director of program production.
5: There are
8: several ways of doing this <coughs> business of directing actors on the floor. The way I like, which is the way I'll tell you about, is you can find, you can feel different or you can feel free to disagree with it if you want to, but I think that this is possibly one of the best ways of doing it. You take the actors for the first scene. You go down on the studio floor. You have your production assistant and your floor manager with you, and you have your three cameramen with you. And you have your microphone. And you all, everybody stands around the director and the back of them. And the actors do their scene. And as they do it, and as they read their lines, the director is saying, and you will track in on that shot to his face. And then I will cut to Bill, who will be on camera, too. And then I want him to track in on the close-up of the girl's face. And then he stops the actors, and he says to the cameraman, now, have you got that? Fine." You'd, it's better in a long and a complicated ground to do this scene by scene, very small scenes at a time.
0: The furniture of the school, the equipment of its control room, the lights. Everything is being unpacked and assembled and everyone lends a hand with one kind of job or another. One trainee is sweeping the floor, something far from the job he hopes to get, I'm sure. His name is Curran Kilroy, and we're going to find out how he comes to be here. I was a university student at UCD, Mm -hmm. and uh, I saw an advertisement in the paper, and I answered it, and I got a form, and I filled it in. What were you doing at university? I was doing arts, uh, honours, English and history, and Latin and philosophy. Mm -hmm. Now, what do you hope to do when this class settles down, when you've learned a bit? Well, there are a series of jobs uh, which we can which we have applied for, and we will be assigned to those at the end of the course. They aren't uh, fully determined no. yet, you know, but I hope to be a floor manager. The stage was curtained off, and the control room equipment was set up behind it. The floor of the hall became a studio. Quite soon, a dry run of a sports cast was being set up by Ernest Byrne, who was director of the training course. A team was assigned to it. The telecine projected a Croke Park final... And An announcer was brought in from Sound Radio and a sports commentator. Each section was linked up by headphones, and the producer took over.
7: Stand by in the studio, please. One minute. One minute. Camera two, will you frame up on the opening card? Preview camera two, please. Be a little too close on two. Pull back, please. Hold it right there. That's good. Preview one. Camera one, will you drag to a tight shot on Dennis, please? It's had five men. 30 seconds. Have Dennis take a seat, please. Follow him down. That's good. Stand by with the opening music. Camera one, can you hear me? Yeah. Camera two? i and floor. Five seconds, here we go. Ready to take one. Spin the music and take one.
8: Music under. Open the news
7: mic and cue them. Stand to by.
8: to dissolve to two. Come It's Time to two. Fade your
7: music slowly out, please. The first news story today
8: is made in the sand the phrase. The latest schedule to
5: fix us
7: will turn the fire faster. The news Stand by, by teleconyte. Roll Telesini. The any. was still burning. Roll Telesini. Okay, stop it right there.
1: By September of that year, 1961, Italian engineers were helping with building the links and Norwegian riggers were busy building the mast. The contract for the transmitter itself had gone to Pi Limited and in a celebration luncheon, Mr C. O. Stanley of Pi handed over the transmitter to the authority.
6: And nothing gives me greater pleasure than that a company that I am associated with should have built this transmitter. I hope it will be a good transmitter. And I can assure you that transmitters go on the air by hope and intent, never by practical experience. (laughs) When you press that switch this afternoon, Mr. Minister, it is even money, whether it's wax or not. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the same whether you're in New York or Moscow. You did not have any doubt about it. I've had this all my life. All I can tell you up to now, it's worked. (laughs) 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 But perhaps that luck might be the unlucky chance this afternoon. But now, here you are. I I, I have been through the experiences of uh, the television commission, not commission, what did they call it?
9: Commission.
6: That you had this body of 30 people. Commission. I appeared before them three times. It was the most grueling thing I've ever had in my life. I've never been so belittled. I unfortunately didn't lose my temper. And then you decided, in the only sensible thing, not to give it to a commercial contractor. I can only tell you now, quite frankly, that I went to bed at night feeling what would happen if I ever got this concession. <laughs> I prayed to God that they would give it to anybody else in Ireland but not to me. But of course, if they gave it to a foreigner, then I'd fight like hell. <laughs>
4: Television, as we all know, may not be a piece of cake, but we're all delighted that at any rate, a piece of it is pie. <laughs> <laughs> now, pie's work at Kapur is finished. Much of ours is still to be completed and lies ahead of us. The signal and the symbol that will be transmitted tonight when our minister presses that button from Kapur will not, we know, set the mountain on fire, but will be a promise, we hope, of the exciting things to come.
1: That evening, the 5th of September, 1961, the Kipur transmitter was finally switched on, and in the following days, enthusiastic Dubliners tuned to Channel 7 and looked on approvingly, for the most part, at the test cards of the St. Bridget's Cross and views of Glendalough.
3: Well, I've come down here on several occasions to see the test transmission and I must say it's very nice to see something tangible tangible being done after all the talk. And uh, what about the future?
0: Have you made up your mind?
3: Oh, I have indeed. i have certainly be looking forward to Irish television very
0: much. Well, I think it's marvelous here now, um, being able to see it immediately. I mean, I think it's a, uh, uh, it says a lot for the firm that it gets there first off, you know, and what I mean about seven television sets showing you the picture um, well it's quite something I feel, and it should help the sales immensely. It certainly is drawing the crowds anyway. Yes, it appears to be doing that all right, and it gives me an idea of what the reception is like even with them, these sets would appear that they're not even on the, the aerial that would be suitable for television reception, and yet there's quite a picture there as you can see compared to the normal reception of BBC and UTV
1: Meanwhile, high on Kipur, the Telefisher engineers explained, as only engineers can, in a language the strangers do not know.
3: The signal will come on a microwave beam. The system is uh, broadly this. As everyone knows, the signals originate in the studios. They originate as separate vision and sound signals. They are then sent on cables to... A link house, which is situated in the grounds of the Montrose Studios. There they are superimposed upon this microwave beam that I referred to. This is a very high frequency.
1: You may have noticed that little has been said about programming. While well, the program people were busily engaged doing training and pilot programs, and exciting stuff it was too. Handicrafts for women was one being directed by Christopher Simons.
3: Who's on camera one? Here, right here. Fine, we want you to crane up as far as possible and take each of those objects in turn as we come to them. Now, Mrs. Fawley, will start demonstrating at the far end and you'll take each object Keep one by one. The
7: left end? Okay.
3: That's right. Each object one by one, right down to the right end of the table as she comes to them. All right, thank you. Fine. Terrific. All right, let's cut the chatter, please. All right. Cue Mrs. Fawley and fade up to.
10: Now, this hairpin walk is made on a
1: hairpin... And there was a resident choreographer, Norman Main.
7: I'm here to have a look at your dancers and your group, but the idea is, with my position with Radio Air and Television, that I should like a group of dancers who would perform on a variety show as such every week. Uh, this is primarily I'm looking at individual dancers, I also wanted to see your group in the event that we would have uh, large spectacular programs where we demand, you know, a company of yes. dancers yes. that would come in and do some of their repertoire and so on. If For well, the individual dancer, I uh, should like a general all-round type dancer who can do what we call commercial dancing. Yes. I'm sure you, you know yes, what yes, I mean, yes. where one week perhaps they'd be designed to do a Charleston, if it was a 20 show, or the next week a romantic uh, ballroom number or a modern jazz number. No, that type of thing
8: yeah. is what we're looking for in individual dance.
1: Exciting stuff. But who was going to pay for all this? The head of commercial advertising for the station was Niall Sheridan.
8: It's quite obvious that uh, we should
0: have to have advertising revenue in order to make the service viable. Um, we couldn't operate a television service in this country on licence revenue alone, so the government, wisely, I think, decided that it needed two sources of revenue, licence and advertising, Uh, but the uh, suggestion that um, there will be a preponderance of advertising is uh, just nonsense.
1: And the head of drama was Hilton Edwards.
5: I understand that the present requirements from this department will be one full-length play a week, that is to say either uh, an hour play or under certain circumstances, if the play really uh, needs this space, an hour and a half, and one half-an-hour play a week, Now, this half-an-hour play will either be a a play complete in itself or a a play again complete in itself, but a portion of a series, or it might indeed be a a portion of a serial. You know, uh, next week, see how she gets out of the well.
3: Well, this being a country where sport dominates almost all other news, uh, I hope to have a fairly wide coverage of sport. In fact, each Thursday, we should put on a feature programme, a magazine programme with film and discussion groups and things like that. Each Sunday evening we have a wrap-up program of the Weekend of Sport in which we hope to have reports of the big matches of the various types of games Mm -hmm. all over the country together with film and stills and then at five past eleven each night we have a five-minute sports wrap-up of gossip and possibly results. In addition to that we'll have of course the usual sports items in the news bulletins through the evening.
0: Yes, that sounds like a a busy time for you.
3: Well, it it certainly has been up to now. We've been planning and laying the foundation for all these things and keeping the fingers crossed that it'll all work out the way the foundation is laid.
1: Michael O'Hare, head of sport. Dancing, choreography, drama, commercials. It seemed most people, though, wanted to know what sort of films were being shown.
5: Well, we shall, of course, be showing a great many films because in order to fill six hours of programming, it is quite impossible for any station and most certainly for us starting with the facilities and resources we have available to occupy all that program time we are doing our utmost to uh, push ahead to the very limit the amount of home produced material that we can provide but it still leaves big areas now to fill this we are buying film or recorded programs from other people largely a film because this is the most easily obtained uh, in the world television market trying to spread it as widely as possible so that the whole doesn't come from one particular quarter and when you say old as i have already made clear i think it's absolute nonsense to relate age necessarily with the quality of any individual program because some of the first were made by very well, well, clever well, people that's yeah, that's real masters at yeah. this after a great study and if, in fact, they haven't been seen here for my money, this is something I think we ought to show. It's a question of choice of quality rather than age.
8: Yes,
0: of course. Too art-related. Uh, can you tell me any of the, the titles of any of the films you'll be seeing? Um,
5: yes, I think that's possible now. Uh, two, of course, are known. Uh, I've even mentioned the one, Western uh, McKenzie's Raiders, there are, in fact, several others, Have Gun Will Travel, which uh, is having a very successful run, but not uh, through the North, so it hasn't been seen here at all. Um, The Aquanauts, which, in fact, is a new, one of the new hour-length shows we have got. There's another uh, splendid uh, hour-length drama um, made by one of the top-ranking American uh, television drama producers, Albert McCleary, Cameo. There's uh, also uh, another half-hour series, The Fenders, which has a high reputation. In the children's uh, band, we've got Buckskin, which is uh, a western with a little boy and his horse for children. We've got Rintintin, Tin, of course, well-known again. It's yeah. old again, but... Uh, but Oh, new for children, yeah. new for children yeah. here. And immemorial, if you like, for all children anywhere... So brave do, 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 is Corporal Rusty. Oh, he is just a, boy. just a boy. How true is Private Renton? They are the Army's pride and joy.
1: As the big day drew nearer, Maureen Potter and her cast of radio performers on the 10th of December, 1961, predicted what television would look like.
10: Now sit down, quiet everybody. vinegar. Turn off that farting station and get radio air and telefish. Oh, now, Do as I say. No more plunging necklines for you. Good, wholesome family fare from now on. Now, there, now. Isn't that lovely? Now. Oh, boy, now! Milligan, hey, turn your head away. I never thought I'd see a woman in a bath on jellyfish air. Me. Me. Oh, me.
4: Yes, ma'am.
10: Shield that blackguard's eyes.
4: The Smith's luxurious bath is guaranteed. We stand behind every bath we sell.
10: (laughs) (laughs) Jodie, how embarrassing.
7: Here is the weather. Another fine day is forecast.
10: Ah, this fella is very funny.
7: There will be frost tonight
9: in unsheltered places.
10: We'll have to watch your unsheltered places.
8: <laughs> and here is the school around the corner.
10: Oh, look at that now. It's being greeted by sustained applause. Two thousand five hundred people all clapping.
7: At a pound head.
10: All oh, very sepulchral. What
7: are you?
10: Oh, well, well. oh, I love this program. I really love this program. Do you remember it last week, Mick?
6: What is your recitation card?
10: Bruin Blues, farewell to his mother, sir.
6: Very good. Well, now, how does it go?
10: Boy, boy, ma! <laughs> <laughs>
1: And then suddenly it was opening day, the 31st of December 1961. The transmitter was switched on in Kipur, at that stage covering only the east coast, if the wind was right.
3: Can we adjust black level first? I'll centralise the black level control here on the desk.
1: Meanwhile, down in Montrose, Ernest Byrne, yes, Gay's brother, the director of the first night, gave last-minute instructions.
7: Uh, whereabouts will we have the captions positioned for the cameras? They're going on to, to camera one, all the captions. And,
5: uh, Louis, will you be careful
7: that each caption is pulled, you know, head right. right on when okay. it's finished
5: so we get on. Will you help to Next
7: thing, Chris, no? This won't mix in at all, no, because our anthem is sound on, and uh, we may have background discs for news later on, which the news producer will tell you about. Uh, Chris will be able to give you a rundown on the news, on the general disc that we have. Okay, is that uh, anybody got any questions now about it? I think everything's OK. You're happy with life. Well, as I've said, remember everything that we've done since last July because uh, this is it. It's a big night, and I know everybody's going to be great. So we've got just under two hours. Let's go.
1: As the clock ticked towards 7 o'clock, a light snow began to fall. The St. Bridges Cross symbol shone out. The picture quality was of a startling clarity never seen on BBC or UTV. And Ernest Byrne took up his position at the main presentation desk.
7: One minute to air. Clock is up. Standby captions on one. Standby telecine, please. Telecine standing by. Thank you. 45 seconds. I'll do a countdown at 10. 30 seconds. 30 seconds to air. Focus in on camera one, please. 15 seconds to air. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. We're on the air. Caption up. Roll the national anthem. Standby sound on film. Take it. Sound. 1 minute and 28 seconds to the president's speech. very good. One minute to President's speech, 45. We dissolve to camera one on the caption before speech. It'll be five seconds in absolute silence. 30. Stand by for supering the flag on camera 2 on the last shot of the anthem. Four shots to go. The last shot is up. Super 2 on the flag. Ready, caption on one. Fading out, fade in one. Stand by President's speech.
2: I have great hopes in this new service. I am confident that those who are in charge will do everything in their power to make it useful for the nation. But I will bear in mind that we are an old nation and that we have our own distinctive characteristics and that it is desirable that these should be preserved. I am sure that they will do their part and as I have said, it is for the public now to do theirs. I wish all those who are in charge God speak. And I wish all of you a very happy new year.
1: And so it began, Telefisheran. In about 40 minutes' time, Network Two becomes Telefisheran for a day with an anniversary celebration, 30 years glowing. 11 hours of nostalgia, starting at 1:30, when Kathleen Watkins returns to open the proceedings, just as she did 30 years ago.
3: Here's Mina Foilte, a special program for opening night, which I'm sure you're going to enjoy.